We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. What is this, you might ask? Actually, you have stopped asking because you've been listening for a while. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. You guys are the alum and fans that are listening. I am Steven. I'm the alum. He is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia and go hypnotoad. TCU to the moon. Horn frogs unite. Uh, we're horn frogs uh, a week from now, so uh, good luck to TCU. No, I've been a TCU fan since day one. Day one ish. Day one ish. Well, well done. Absolutely. Uh, Joshua, happy holidays. We are recording this uh, on the second day of the year. This is the first week of 2023 when we post this podcast. Uh, did you have a good holiday season? I did indeed. It was a very nice, relaxing time. We didn't record the podcast last week because, as with most podcasts and pieces of media, we took the holidays off, took some time, spent it with our families, you know, enjoyed the season, and we hope that everybody else out there did too. Yeah, we didn't do a podcast because there wasn't much to talk about. So well, we decided... They don't have to know that part. Well, of course they know that part. They They follow somewhat of the calendar. If you're listening to this show, we believe that you love Georgia Tech athletics as much as we do, and we try to give you as much news as we can on the front end of the show, kind of keep you up to date, give you that one place to go to get all your quick stories, and then we spend the second half of the show and we try to focus on one thing. So today, real quick rundown, uh, because there isn't a lot going on during the break, but there is some, where Joshua is going to give us some recruiting news. Uh, I'll give you some update from the women's basketball team. Uh, We will also talk quickly about the baseball team. There's a little bit of news, including some recruiting with that. And then uh, the second half of the show, we're going to kind of combine our topic with the news around the men's basketball team. Uh, It has not been a great start to the ACC season for both the men and the women's, and we'll talk about that. And we want to talk a little more in depth about the men's team. I won't give it away. Uh, But it won't take us long to get there. So, uh, Joshua, why don't you kick us off? I believe there is some recruiting news to talk about. Yes. Well, a couple weeks ago, we had um, National or Early Signing Day, where a lot of prospects did take the opportunity to put pen to paper, sign their national letters of intent. They are now locked in to coming to Georgia Tech. In fact, in the Georgia Tech recruiting class, only two people that had currently or Two people that had been previously reported as being committed did not sign their letter of intent. Um, first one, Justin Reed, uh, safety from Noonan, Georgia. He's still technically considered committed. He just hasn't signed on yet. Anthony Little was the other one, a defensive line prospect. He actually officially decommitted according to 24-7, so he's looking elsewhere. Again, he still can't come to Tech, but who knows. Um, there were some, so as I said, everybody else that we had rep- rep- reported has, you know, 
committed, signed. There were a few flips, as there always are National Signing Day. Um, two guys out of Leroy, Alabama flipped, Malcolm Pug and Bryston Dixon. Both actually went to the same school. So high school teammates. To us. To Georgia Tech, yes. There was nobody from Tech that flipped elsewhere. It was us doing the flipping, which is impressive. So uh, Bryston Dixon is actually the big name one. He's been a late riser. I think uh, he had like 37 tackles for loss last season or something. The dude's a freak. 6'4", 298. Um, obviously playing at a relatively smaller school in Alabama. Um, but a solid pickup there. It's going to be interesting to see him. He flipped from Georgia Southern. Uh, the other ones that flipped, East Carolina commit Tay Seymour. We had mentioned him a few times on this podcast. Linebacker prospect, 6'1", 200. Sideline to sideline range, um, according to all the tape and everybody that's seen him. So, interesting pickup there. Uh, getting some no- more youth in the linebacker room. Um, and then the other big one was Eric Singleton Jr., a wide receiver out of Douglasville, Georgia. He had had a few different people coming after him. Uh, he actually did flip from his previous commitment uh, to Western Kentucky. Uh, he flipped and signed with Georgia Tech. Uh, again, Douglasville kid, uh, top 150 wide receiver in this class. 5'10", he's, he's a bit of a shifty kind of slot guy, but um, solid pickup. Um, all the transfers signed. Uh, the only other news on the transfer front is that Nate McCollum did officially pick his school it will be North Carolina. He's following Derek Allen. Going to go play with Drake May. Pop, possibly take the Josh Downs role. That's what I think. I, uh, I think when Downs uh, called for the NFL, uh, I, I think McCollum saw an opportunity to slip right in into that spot. Don't hate it. Understand it totally. Chance to play on the national stage. Good luck to him. I, I don't hate him. I hate the move, well, but yeah. I don't hate him at all. Nate, we wish you nothing but the best. When you play us, um, no offense, I hope you make no catches. I certainly wish you Locked health, down. health and happiness uh, itch at your new team. That's the other big news. Zamari Walton officially announced he's coming back for his fifth season. Absolutely. Um, so he's coming back. We know that the two safeties are coming back. It looks like Miles Sims will be back as well as um, everybody else. So the secondary uh, returning all of the main pieces. So mm-hmm. that, it could be a strength. Um We'll wrap up the recruiting. Patrick Screws, Zion Taylor, two of the guys that came in on this class, apparently very sought after late in the process. Patrick Screws, specifically with Ole Miss, I believe, was making a very strong push. Um, he's an offensive line prospect from Alabama. He put pen to paper, came to Tech, and same thing with Zion Taylor. He had a few Power 5 schools coming after him. Um, he's a wide receiver prospect, considered very polished for a freshman. So Tech got some held on to some big names and picked up some solid flips on signing day. So I, I think, and uh, do you have any, th- any idea of kind of where we rank at this point? I hate ranking <laughs> recruiting classes, especially after you get out of the top, you know, five or whatever, but I, I kind of saw somewhere we were 40 or 50, somewhere around yeah. there. So um, recruiting wise in terms of freshmen, 24 seven puts us at 59, um, again, depending on where you go, they'll give you different opinions like Shymeek Jones. I think Rivals has him a lot higher. Um, Transfer-wise, we're 32 right now. There's rumors that that could go up. There's a few other guys out there that are considering Tech. Tech still has some offers out there. They recently offered him a couple guys from Utah State who were some some high-level prospects at one time or another. So there's chances for that to rise. You know, obviously you're running out of roster spots at this point. Well, and and after the four years we've had uh, under that program, the fact that uh, I saw one article, I believe it was Sports Illustrated, that was listing, hey, who won the transfer game or who's 
who, who needs to be talked about during the transfer season. And they mentioned Tech as a very positive and largely because of the quarterback from A&M and the wide receiver uh, and the tight end. You know, we, we got some... We got some transfers. We got some players. And it isn't just, oh, he was a D2 guy who's trying to play in the well, ACC. And the other, again, the other big reason for it is Tech doesn't have a ton of, like last year, Tech brought in all these transfers. It's because there are all these other kids that transferred out. Right. You got to fill those spots. So we only had eight, nine guys hit the portal. You only need eight, nine guys to fill in, especially since there was only eight guys that graduated. I would say at this point, you know, the coach we lost was known as a very good recruiter, and we've said on this podcast that we, we thought that the quality of the recruit came in. The problem was not coaching them up. That happened after the uh, key coached those guys up. And I would have to say that for Key's first class, this looks pretty decent. Who was most of who were already coming in are still coming in. He got some decent transfers. We'll see what happens between now and National Signing Day. But I would have to say you have to take it as somewhat of a positive. And the belief and the hope is that Brent Key and his new staff will coach them up quickly. That's the one other small thing is I just want to mention Buster Faulkner was hired as offensive coordinator. It was announced in the last week or so he will be co-offensive coordinator with, with Winky. Chris Winky. So not 100% sure how that'll work. One might be running game, one might be passing game. It could kind of be a conglomeration one. I, I'm i sure we'll have more details by about spring practice, but either way, interesting to note. And, and seemingly a very good hire. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, so UGA people rave about him. Yeah. So we're happy with that. All right, so moving on, uh, let's talk about the women's basketball team. Unfortunately, it is bad news for the women's basketball team to report as well. Uh, their last two games have both been losses. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket women's basketball team is now 0-3 in the ACC. They are 9-5 and overall. Uh, after losing to Boston College uh, in the middle of December, they had defeated Furman at home. They went away to UVA, lost a 69-63 that game, and then unfortunately on the on New Year's Day yesterday, uh, or excuse me, as we're recording this on New Year's Day, they had a big home game against Florida State, and it did not go well. The Lady Jackets lost 99 to 58. So uh, I don't know if social media is going crazy and asking. Uh, for uh, the women's coach, uh, for uh, for her to be uh, fired, but ninety nine fifty eight is is not a good look. Uh, the Lady Jackets are nine and five overall. They're zero and three in the conference. Uh, they of course are now just like the men. They are knee deep in their in their ACC schedule. They are playing at Louisville uh, and then also playing at Wake Forest uh, over the next week before the next home game on the twelfth of January against Miami at McCamish. Uh, at 8 o'clock that night if you want to pick up tickets. So good luck to the Lady Jackets. They need to find that first ACC win. But 99-58, the best news that came out of Ouch. it was some one of our players off the bench had a team-high 16. She was the only player in double figures. The best news that came out of it was the game ended. Yes. Eventually, and it was we can move past. Always go to another game. Done. We're out. All right, so let's lighten the mood a little bit before we start talking about the men, why don't we, huh? Well, let's do that. Georgia Tech baseball, probably the most successful um, athletic program in the college at least high profile especially over long term yes so um they're gearing up for the 2023 season it won't be starting for another couple months but you're starting to kind of you know they've released the schedule in the last week or so um everybody's starting to gear up you're starting to get some breakdowns from the beat writers so the first thing to note we noted it on this podcast i have some names for you now georgia tech number one recruiting class in the acc number four in the nation 
coming in. And remember, call high school recruiting in baseball is even harder because you, you can get the commitment of a, a top five guy, and then he gets drafted number seven and is given five million dollars, you know, out of pocket, and he just leaves. And you can even have guys drafted in the fifth round where he's got a strong verbal commit, but the team goes way over slot to sign him. So either way. So um, of the 18 commits, five of them are top 100 players. Um, you got a kid from North Atlanta High School, Antonio Anderson, a shortstop, outfielder Drew Burris, uh, outfielder Isaiah Drake. Uh, those are kind of the big three names. Uh, Going to be interesting to watch them. Um, as you know, with everything in baseball, you always need pitching. Um, the, Sports Illustrated did an article on Tech, listed their biggest need as pitching. Um, they did lose a few guys to the draft last year. Uh, their you know weekend, their Friday night starter, which in college is a big deal. Um, so on to um on that note, there are a few returning kids to look out for and kind of pay attention to as we get into this season. Shortstop Jaden Jackson uh, did find his way into the. He was a late kind of addition to the uh, lineup in April. But uh, it never did come out of that. Um, this fall, he went three for three in you know when we actually got to watch him, and he had three hard singles, so he hits the ball hard. Uh, Going to be something to watch. Uh, left-handed pitcher Cameron Hill is the front runner for one of those weekend starters jobs. Um, Danny Hall spoke very highly of him. Uh, he was a went in a, he played in the Cape Cod League actually and was closing games out there. But it looks like Tech's going to stretch him out and use him for longer innings. Uh, and then the other two to keep an eye on, right fielder Steven Reed hit 333, 388, 593. Uh, last season, 16 home runs, 63 RBIs. So sounds like the cleanup hitter, if you ask me. And then the last, but certainly not least, Dalton Smith. Personally my favorite because he's a funky, deceptive guy. And he's got like all the, the tricks in the trades. Are you he, saying he's a crafty left-hander? Yes, he tops out at 90 and he has a really good slurve and change-up. So exactly what I wanted to be when I was pitching my rec ball elite days and 16 <laughs> years old. Um, so Tech, you know, um, considered probably the favorite to win the ACC maybe. At least they brought in enough talent to win the ACC. So... We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll keep you updated here. We'll be following that and, for sure. Uh, Gris, uh, Grissom's son still plays uh, for. I the don't Jackets. believe so. I believe oh, he might have. He might have drafted. Let me. Let me actually do okay. some quick. And while you're for doing you. that, the other big uh, major league news of the Jackets is that uh, CC Sabathia's son, uh, Karsten, is uh, set to come to the Yellow Jackets. Just as a quick uh, reminder, uh, the Jackets do open the season at home. Against Miami of Ohio, they have a weekend series in February, 17th, 18th, and 19th. So we're about six weeks away, so you can check out their schedule and pick the games you want to go to. If you've never been to Russ Chandler Stadium, uh, it is a lovely place to watch baseball. So certainly check that out. Update. Marquise Grissom Jr. was drafted in the 13th round by the Washington Nationals. So hope to see him in the major leagues. Yeah, good luck to him. And uh, it was nice to see Marquise uh, around the games. All right, so we have finished that uh, part of the news, uh, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, we did hold off the news of the men's basketball team. There isn't a lot to report, and it's not good news, but uh, we wanted to transition to talk about the the second half of the show. We'll talk about the basketball team. So the news of the basketball team, as I said, is not good. They had uh, they had their third ACC game, and they faced UVA. After losing to Clemson. Uh, after on, losing to Clemson, which we had talked about on the previous show. We said we were going to be in attendance. We never we never did have to get to talk about that. So Actually, we did. No? Okay. I, see, we took a break and I didn't even listen to the if last If we show. did, apologize. But <clears throat> well, Georgia what, Tech did lose to Clemson. <laughs> from what I'm seeing from our stats, nobody listened to our last show because they were all on holiday break. So 
Yeah, so we've lost. We've started the ACC season 0-3. Uh, we, uh, you know, have lost to now Clemson and UVA uh, after beginning the season at UNC and losing. Uh, every single loss has been by double digits. Yes. Uh, and every single loss has had the exact same thing happen to varying degrees. And that is usually somewhere near the end of the first half and or the beginning of the second half, there is a bad run where we don't score and the other team kind of runs away and hides. After, Before that and after that, we kind of play close or even or maybe even leading. But uh, this latest game against UVA was the biggest example. We were down 29-27. Uh, I can't, I, and I remember the moment, uh, there, uh, I believe it was Jalen hit a couple of free throws to pull this within two with about three minutes. Uh, Joshua and I were watching the game together and I said, it's going to be really important how we close this half because we haven't been doing that well from that point until about maybe 14 minutes left in the second half. So that's seven, eight minutes. I believe UVA outscored us. I think the number was, I thought it was 21 nothing. I think it might have been as high as 25 nothing. So forgive me for not knowing the it exact number. Bad. It was bad. We could not score. We, we, we had 11 turnovers early or, you know, with that three minutes left in the second half or in the first half. By that end of that run, we had 19 turnovers at that point. Yeah, we finished with 23 for the game. Yeah, and and it wasn't just bad passing. They had like 12 steals or something like it. It was 14 steals. Yeah, it was bad. I'm gonna sneeze. Bless you. Yeah, it was not a good game uh, overall. Tech did shoot a high percentage from the field and from three, 44 on both. It's just you know UVA took 57 field goals and Georgia Tech took 45. Um, so that kind of discrepancy typically hard to make up. Um, not something fun that you necessarily want to watch. And the Clemson game, 79-66 sounds closer. It wasn't that close. Tech went on a bit of a mini run towards the end of the game when the outcome was kind of already decided. Clemson led by 20 for the meat of the game. Uh, P.J. Hall was given Georgia Tech problems down low. Uh, finished, I believe, wait, let me pull it up real fast, sorry. Uh, P.J. Hall finished with 25-10 and 10 on 12 of 18 shooting uh not a good not a good day uh miles kelly did have 17 in the clemson game and then came back against virginia did come off the bench but he put up 20 off the bench um potentially a move by passner to get some more defense in there maybe something to rile him up maybe there's something happening in practice not 100 sure passner's been shuffling the starting lineup a lot. It's it's pretty obvious Passner is trying to figure out what his best team is, who's best coming off the bench, what are his best combinations. He's he's uh, to be honest, if you followed this team during his tenure, he's never he's never played more than 7 guys usually, and he's honestly playing 10 because he's got 9 or 10 guys that are kind of all together and he's just he's never he's never done this at Tech. So he's trying yeah. to figure out what his best combination was uh, is so. Um, all right, so we've we've and we're not going to dive into m a lot of numbers uh, on this conversation because I think what I wanted, what we wanted to do, and what we talked about is so so Georgia Tech is is uh, is zero and three uh, in the conference. We are seven and six overall, and after facing UNC and UVA, who were considered top of the conference. 
Well, UNC long- came in as the they're nine and five now. They're- yeah, they're they're they they look like hey maybe they're not as good as they were. Clemson seems to look better than everybody thought they were. Yeah. So after facing those three, and now we're gonna play Miami probably on the day this is this is put up on online. We play Miami on Wednesday of this year, so or Wednesday of this week. So we start with a lot of strength, and then after that we face FSU. Notre Dame, Pitt, NC State, and Syracuse. And I and I think those games, that chunk of games is really going to tell how bad or how good this team could be at this yeah. point. So with that as a backdrop, with what we know to this point, what we've seen, Joshua and I have watched every game, what we've seen to this point and what lays ahead Joshua, tell them what you thought we should talk about or what question we should come. Well, it's a it's a narrative that I've seen mentioned by a lot of um, a few tech fans online, the people that you know feel the need to speak out about it. Um, and we can't say like, is he is this true? Because you know we don't know. We're not inside the athletic front office. Uh, Josh Pastner is getting a lot of hate. Uh, Josh Pastner, people are questioning: Is he the answer? Is he the guy? Should he is he on the hot seat? Should he be on the hot seat? So the thing that we're going to discuss today is should he be on the hot seat? I'll uh, I want to hear your opinion first, and we'll see just and, how different we our, our opinion is. Sure. And and before we talk, I just want to stop at this point, and I want to say we'd love to hear what you guys think, and don't just and I guess I would ask, you know, give us your reasons, give us your thoughts. Uh, if you think he should be on the hot seat and why, if you think he should be fired, why do you think that? If you think he should stay, why you think that? Um, so we certainly want to hear from you and we'll give you a contact info at the end. Uh, so we're going to make you listen to us before we tell you how you can reach out to us. That's a little trick and we'll see how, how long you stick with us. Um, I do not believe that Josh Pastner should be on the hot seat. Um, I have made no bones about the fact that I am a huge Passner fan, so it shouldn't surprise people that I don't think he should be on the hot seat. But I believe objectively he should not be on the hot seat, and I've got a few reasons why. Um, Number one is that this was always going to be a rebuilding year. This was always going to be a loading year. And in fact, if you watch, if you've seen Josh coach, at tech and you've paid attention, this is exactly where we were during Moses's freshman year and Jose's sophomore year, or I don't know if they came came in, in they came in exactly together. Okay. So somewhere between their freshman and sophomore year where they had a couple, they, they, you can see that there is talent that is very young. And the people who, who are going to, and I've seen this online, well, they're going to leave, they're going to transfer. Most guys don't leave tech, especially if they're playing. So Josh Pastner has got the belief of his players. His players, he he is committed to them and they are committed to him. That's one reason I don't think he's on the hot seat. The another reason I don't think he's on the hot seat is Josh Pastner develops basketball players. He takes players wherever they come to him and a vast majority of them get better and more than a couple get vastly better during their time at tech. And everybody points to the big guys, Lammers, you know, and Banks and Moses was a no zero star recruit, but I'm just looking, Jalen Moore has improved dramatically from freshman to sophomore year. You look at, uh, uh, you look at a guy like Miles Kelly, he is dramatically improved. 
I think Debo's shown some improvement. You you see, you just see a lot of guys. Josh Okogi improved during his time at Tech. So guys improve under Josh Pastner because he knows how to develop players. This was always going to be a gap year, a tough year. He said it at the very beginning. The star of the team is going to be the team. And he's never had that at Tech. He's never had a real team. And even when he was previously kind of developing, he had, I think, kind of maybe maybe some players who were more fully developed at the time. The issue is our seniors are not exactly the strength of this team. They're, they are good soldiers, but they're not great players. And I think it shows. And so we are a young team trying to figure out what is our best and how do we play to win because they're not playing to win right now. So I'm, I'm going to provide some numbers just kind of to back up some of what you said, I'm, I might add a few things. I don't know. It might sound like a broken record. Uh, Moses and Jose, that, that that I haven't been alive nearly. I haven't watched as much tech basketball as you have. So that's kind of the golden era for me. That's what I look back on. When they were freshmen. Which is sad. I'm sorry you've had to live through that as your golden era. Do you know, Brian, do you know Brian Gregory had a winning record his last season? I did not know that. I didn't either. It took me by surprise look, yeah. doing research for this. Anyway, so... Um, Passner's second season, the first season for the Jose and Moses, uh, Moses kind of two-man group, Georgia Tech went 13-19, and 19 and they were 13th in the ACC. The next year, they went 14-18, and 18 and they were 10th in the ACC. So, but that's kind of where we are right now. I look at this, the three sophomores that on this team, Jalen Moore, Debo Coleman, Miles Kelly, I... I want to believe that that's this is the third the second iteration of that. I think that it 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 looks like this is kind of the passner model as of right now. Should it be? Maybe not. I don't really like the idea of doing two losing seasons, two winning seasons. Not the greatest, but it is what it is. So the fact of the matter is, when they were sophomores, Mo- Moses Wright and Jose Alvarado. Jose Alvarado did lead the team in scoring that year at twelve and a half points a game. He shot thirty nine percent from the field. Right, Moses Wright only played 18 and a half minutes and scored 6.7 points. Mm-hmm. So if anything, this sophomore class individually is already ahead of where those guys were at that time. So what happened the next year, you might ask, when they were juniors? Tech went 17 and 14. They were going to be their fifth in the ACC when, the, when COVID shut everything down. So Passner shouldn't be on the hot seat for the simple fact of he's brought in significant talent, right? I think he's recruited to Tech better than you know, anybody since Paul Hewitt, and he's actually developed that talent. He's found some hidden gems. Miles Kelly was outside the top 100. I don't think Jalen Moore was even ranked. And, you know, oh, well, they might transfer. Jalen Moore's playing, you know, been, right. and Josh, I think, is one of the few Power 5 guys that took a chance on him. Debo's had a relationship with Pastor since middle school. I don't see him leaving anytime soon. The only one I'd be concerned about maybe is Miles Kelly. But again, he's getting minutes and getting shots. Right. So the reason that... Passner shouldn't be on the hot seat is for that simple fact of it's it's an ebb and a flow. It was always going to be a rebuilding year after you lo- lost Moses and Jose, right? Losing two people that important, it was always going to be a bad year. And this year, we've established coming in, Tech was picked last to finish in the ACC, mm-hmm. right? It's a young team. Everybody was reacting. I saw all these people in the, the Discord that I'm in. They're reacting to, you know, oh, it's embarrassing that we got beat by Virginia like that. Why? They're a borderline top 10 team. 
I thought that this was the expectation this year. Again, this season was not going to be determined by, well, what do we do against Miami and Duke and UNC? No, if I, I responded to this, somebody asked the question of should pass me on the hot seat. And I was like, no, we got beat by Virginia. If we get run by Louisville, then yeah, he should be on the hot seat because Louisville's horrible this year. If, if he's struggling to beat the bottom part of the ACC, then yes, we can have this conversation. But right now to have it is insane because we've played three of the best teams in the ACC so far, talent-wise. So Passner, and and... With all that, with all that struggle, he brought in Lance Terry and Javon Franklin, two obviously coming from lower-level programs to upper-level programs. They've both worked out in different ways. Mm -hmm. I, Javon, I still think, should be playing more than he is right now, personally. He's my favorite player. And the other big thing is he's brought in, he's got this, the signature of Blue Kane. Right. Blue Kane signed a year before he had to show up on campus. And he's already committed. Blue Kane's winning MVPs at elite basketball camps. Blue Kane could be the Michael DeVoe to these to the Jose Alvarado and Moses Wright. Right. So Passner's still bringing guys in. We've still seen kids get better under him. And and listen, Jalen Jalen Moore was last year's Kirill Markinov. Mm -hmm. A physical specimen. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Play a lot. Is Kiro? We don't even know. He could be the center of the I'm future. I'm telling you, I, that's he my guy. He that's reclassified. Guy. He should have been coming in with blue. Right. He shouldn't even be on campus right now. So he and he may still be able to redshirt. So I, and and I'll say this. I, I, so here's another thing that and I I've seen some of the Facebook groups and and online groups and and everybody who is I, I'd like to speak to the person. Who, who is like, he hasn't done anything. You know, we need to get back to where Tech was. You know, I was there when, and, and you know, my brother was a Tech fan before I was a Tech fan. I'm the younger brother. And he was there when Kremens first got to campus. Kremens won like two games his first year. And before Kremens, we were horrible. We were terrible. And Bobby Kremens, as great as Bobby Kremens was, and as much as it was the Thriller Dome, and as much as we were competing, by the way, in an eight-team ACC league, okay, he never won the ACC regular. I don't think he ever won the ACC regular season. Well, he may have won it once. He won two ACC titles. He went to one Final Four. Paul Hewitt never won an ACC title. He made one Final Four and that final game and got blown out by UConn on a team that had underperformed the entire season and then got hot at the right time and played great and played to their full potential. And one guy on that team is now on the bench with, with Passner, B.J. Elder. That was, that was a team that was so frustrating all year because you could see they should be so much better. So it's a long season, and it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. Kremens was there for years. And, and by the way, Kremens won his first ACC title, I think, on his fifth year. And he set that as a goal. And then we kind of underachieved a little bit and kind of couldn't quite get the magic again until ninety. So there's these gaps where now the difference is the gap from the first ACC championship to the final four in 90, we were still in the top half or we were still competing and we were bringing in these top recruits. It is not that game anymore. And I was telling these people who were commenting online, oh, fire him, fire him. And I just said, I asked one question in one feed. And I said, great, who do you bring in? Who do you want to see? Who would be a better coach than Josh Pastner? And all I heard was, well, anybody. And that's crap. 
that's that you if you're going to come at anybody with we need to fire pastor okay then who do you hire are you going to hire somebody that builds players better because i don't that's a short list he has clearly demonstrated he makes players better are you going to bring in a better recruit oh by the way one person on that feed who is a georgia tech fan did give me one name he said rick patino I paused for effect there just to give you a chance to laugh and let the laughter die down because, you know, he's a scumbag. He's an idiot and he's a scumbag and he used to win, but to use he's winning at Iona. Yeah. Rick Pitino ain't coming through that door. And anyway, we don't want him to come through that door because I believe in the long-term program building of Josh Pastner because I've seen it and I believe we have the chance to do it again. Now, could I be wrong in my opinion? Absolutely. But I just, I I see, I, I guess what I've wondered this year, I'm going to pontificate just a little bit longer. I kind of wish Passner, I think this team needs to go back to what he used to do when his teams were weaker, which is we just need to hold the ball and shorten the game. Our defense does seem to be better. It's funny. We got blown out by Clemson because they just kept pounding the ball inside because our zone has always been we really defend the three and we frantically run around. And you do kind of give up some stuff down low, but you're, uh, you know, that, that pass is open, but we've had a shot blocker in years past. We don't have that now. Yeah. And so I think he's adjusted the defense against UVA. They did much better, and they didn't get a lot as much down low. But, I, you know, if we're not going to be the offense that they said we were in the scrimmages of scoring 80 and stuff, then he's got to start shortening the game some. And I don't think he wants to because I think he sees this team can run, and I think he sees that they have some good offensive capability when they play as a team. Miles Kelly is about the only guy that can break down one-on-one and, and Sturdivant, Kyle Sturdivant does have the strength to bully people down to the basket and occasionally get a bucket. But, but I don't think they can do that as much as DeVoe and Usher used to do. And certainly not as much as Moses and Jose and Usher and, and, and DeVoe used to do. So they, they play their best when they're getting assists and they've got to move the ball more. It's a young team. I, I think that, again, I, the, the biggest issue for me with the whole passenger on the hot seat is we were picked to finish last. Like, if we're picking them to finish last, why are we reacting? Like, Well, there's, they would so say, bad. that person would say, well, because we're picked to finish last, he should be on the hot seat already because we're Well, you know, stuff, stuff happens. Stuff, stuff ha- Listen, I've seen people, well, why didn't he get a big man out of the portal? I, I don't know how many big men were in the portal. I don't know how many viable big men. Either way. I want to see what he can do, right? I, I think you let him know, hey, we don't want to keep losing. We have faith in you because we've seen you do this, turn this around before, but we don't want to keep losing. So if things don't get better next year, then we can have this conversation. Well, and but I, he's going to have the portal. This is the first time I think he's really going to actually be able to recruit the portal. And I would say this as well. I honestly think if they don't improve from here, if we don't finish... 12th, 11th, 10th in the ACC, we can have that conversation. I think this team, if they play well, and he's always gotten his teams to play pretty well. Last year, through injuries and just, I think, the length of the, you know, they kind of, 
They they stumbled at the finish, and that is not typical for Passner. Almost every year they come to the end of the year and they're playing their best basketball. So if they're not playing their best basketball, then we can have that conversation at the end of the year. But I guess the big thing is we've just played and are about to finish on this fourth game playing four of the top eight teams in the conference at the end of the year. Go look at the end of the year. Those guys are going to be at the top. And, oh, by the way, Pitt beat North Carolina, so I get that. So maybe they're not as strong, but it was at North Carolina. And, you know, and and I guess the other thing I'll say is I just want us to be more like Virginia. Dang, yeah. God, that was that team is so much fun to watch, play defense, and move the ball. And that is what I think we want to be. And we haven't been able to beat them. So if he never beats them, maybe he should get on the hot seat for that. But we did beat it's, Georgia. It's what this – Sports is so much what have you done for me lately that we forget what they did for us two years ago. And they so, forget that it took years for, yeah. for Kremens. It took years for Hewitt. It, he he had a struggle team because Kremens wasn't recruiting all that great at the end. Patience is a very, very important virtue that a lot of sports fans lose. So all right. in conclusion, let's just give Passner some time. Let's see what happens. You know, if we... Seven years is time enough would be what they say. Yeah, well, he had seven years. He won an ACC championship and played the best number eight seed in NCAA tournament history and played it without their the ACC player of the year and only lost by 11. And I hold to this day that if Moses Wright had played, he would have given 25 and 10 to that future truck driver and it would have been wiped clean and we would be moving on to the next round. So... uh so to those of you who say, well, that was a fluke and he doesn't recruit no, it was and building. everybody's going to leave. Uh, how do they get in touch with our show and tell us what email me personally at Joshua Julian 26 Julian is spelled J U L I A N Joshua Julian 26 at outlook.com O U T L O O K. And if you will give us, if you want to agree with us, uh, please feel free to send that email. If you want to disagree and you think Passner is on the hot seat and you give us some real reasons and you give us some logical, thought-out opinion, uh, I promise you we'll read it on the show. Absolutely. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, We look forward to doing this again. We're back on the weekly grind. Uh, The holidays are done, so now we're back doing this. Um, Look forward to hearing... I hope you look forward to hearing the rest of us. Um, And I guess we'll just leave you with one simple question, which is, what is the good word?